Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Vital Signs, Bring Student Achievements to Life, Gipper, Sports Graphics Made Incredibly Simple, Ephesus Lighting, Innovating a Brighter Future at Every Level, Gilman Gear, Always a Step Ahead, Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. And hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Nicole Ebsen. Nicole is a certified athletic administrator and she is the Director of Athletics at Morton High School in Berwyn, Illinois. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh gosh, very excited. Uh, well, as you know, the life of an AD these days is very busy, so we'll jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, uh, and maybe how your love of sports led to this career in athletics? Yeah, um, I actually grew up in the city of Chicago, uh, Southwest side. I have been playing sports for God, as long as I can remember. Uh, I was one of the girls that were playing uh, little league with the boys before they had softball. So um, I went to high school at Immaculate Heart of Mary High School in Westchester. Uh, it is a private all girl high school. Then I went to, um, got my undergrad at Eastern Illinois University and got my graduate degree at Lewis University, all of those being in Illinois. Um, I kind of took the traditional path, I guess, if you will, um, being a, an athlete my whole life. I kind of just went through and continued that. Uh, I worked for the Chicago Park District for many years, kind of moving up the ranks through there. Um, worked in the recreation department at Eastern Illinois, which kind of uh, gave me a sense of the officiating side of things and, and what it took uh, for some of the behind the scenes with scheduling and uh, maintaining different facets of sports. Um, and then from there, I went on and got a teaching job after I graduated and was a health PE teacher and coached uh, multiple different sports uh, throughout that time and became the assistant athletic director. Um, and then I was a dean of students for a few years just to get a little bit of a background um, from the educational side of things. And now I find myself here in God, I think what is my ninth year as athletic administrator um, at Morton High School. Okay, uh, it's always nice to uh, to hear the path. Uh, and again, you said that was kind of traditional. 
Uh, I actually spent two years as a dean of students too, and and really enjoyed it. Uh, but I found out I I liked being a dean, but I loved being an athletic director. So I got back into athletic administration. Um, talk a little bit about that transition from the teacher coach role to the athletic director role. You know, what were some things that maybe uh, uh, surprised you? What were some things that you said, hey, I'm, I'm ready for this? Sure. Um, I, I think it was just the outreach for me. Um, you know, I had my my group, um, my kids, my athletes um, that I was responsible for and took that obviously very seriously, checking in with them, having lunch and learns, going over grades, tutoring on some occasions. Um, so I had that small pod of athletes that I really kind of almost mothered and took care of. Um, and I wanted that outreach to grow further. So that's when I started to kind of look at other opportunities. So the assistant athletic director job kind of lended itself to allowing the outreach to be greater. So um, impacting more sports, impacting more athletes, getting to know more coaches and, and um, really kind of take it to the next level. And then from there, like I said, I, I became a Dean, which was a, a totally different um, role. It wasn't always the positives and, and the excitement. It was, you know, there was some major challenges and kind of different ways of impacting kids' lives. Um, but for me, it was always athletics. It was very bizarre when I was in that role of a dean for a couple of years, um, not to have a practice to go to after school or not to have something to supervise. It was, it was bizarre because that was that has always been my life. Um, you know, as, as many of us, it was you, you had something after school. You had something carrying yourself through, you know, the the night, and then you'd go home and you'd get ready for the next day. And time management was a huge piece of that. Um, so to not have that was really kind of a void for me for a couple of years. Um, and then I got the athletic director job became available and I jumped at the opportunity and really haven't looked back. And now I'm back into that routine of after school every day, all day. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Um, Nicole, in our job, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring, you know, mentoring that next generation. So I always like to ask, uh, who are some of your mentors, uh, maybe teachers or coaches growing up or, or even people that you've worked with or worked for? Uh, you know, the expression I like to use is uh, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to a kid or a coach or a parent. So whose voice do you still hear uh, in your job? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's different people, I would say, at different parts. So when I was at the Chicago Park District, um, I had a supervisor that I worked with that um, actually knew me through my entire life. And because I was I was a park kid, so I was always there. Um, so I would say that she was a, a great mentor to me in just getting involved recreationally, um, knowing how to kind of spread your outreach to different areas and different stakeholders and uh, making sure that you're really kind of servicing your community and making sure that the kids had a safe place to go. Um, from there in, in, in college, I had um, a supervisor who, you know, believed in me enough to kind of bring me through the ropes and, and show me a little bit um, of the back end of things and, and how officiating works and how game management works and all the different things that you don't think about when you're just viewing an athletic event, um, all of the background of that. So I really kind of, uh, I, I got to learn, um, learn that through my experience at, at Eastern Illinois. And then 
Um, bringing me more currently, I, I learn every day um, from my colleagues, I would say, in my um, conference. We are a very close-knit conference here in Illinois, and you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think I reach out to one of them asking, you know, here's what I'm doing, what are you doing, how does this sound? Um, we're just kind of a, a family unit, and we really rely on each other. So I would say that um, in, in many different ways, those individuals have kind of mentored me um, through this process of becoming an athletic administrator. Oh, oh, that's, that's so great to hear. Um, talking about, you know, your conference in your state, uh, I always uh, like to ask our guests to share their journey uh, with their state association as well as uh, with NIAAA. So kind of walk our listeners through how you got involved uh, at the state level, and, and even on into the process of earning your certified athletic administrator uh, designation? Sure. Um, I inherited the role from my predecessor um, to be the division rep for our state association. So I started with that role. Um, I reluctantly had to give up that role when I had to go on maternity leave and they needed somebody to kind of carry that out. So um, I've since given that role up, but I found myself in different opportunities. So um, I have just recently agreed to being the conference chair for the uh, 2022 state conference in Illinois. We're hoping that that will be something in person, fingers crossed. Um, but you know that that'll um, kind of be a, a new experience for me. I've never really put together a conference. I've gone to the national conferences. I've been fortunate to go to many of our state conferences. So. Uh, to be on the other end of that is going to be pretty interesting. Um, as far as this, the National uh, Association, I've gone to the past two conferences now. Um, again, I have, I don't know if I've mentioned, I have little kids at home. So um, it's finally the time where I'm able to kind of leave for an extended period and go do some of my professional development stuff that I, I did when I started in the profession. Um, so I am one of those people that are taking every, uh, LTC class, you know, I, I, I load up, I take three at the conference. I take all of the, uh, administrator academies that I can, um, when there's a star by it and there's a new one that hasn't been offered before, I'm always trying to figure out where it's going to be offered and how I can take it. Um, so I, I mean, I think that the collaboration with other ADs, particularly at the national conference is really um, the thing that I find most important in seeing what other people are doing, seeing how other states are handling issues, um, talking about some, you know, controversies and, and things that are coming up within athletic administration and just kind of vetting that through um, different eyes and ears from what you're normally used to seeing on a day-to-day -day basis is, I think that that's the most uh, important and impactful for me. What's, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, you know, what's been one of your uh, favorite uh, LTC courses so far? Um, God, there's a lot. Um, you know, I liked the challenging personalities. I've taken that a couple of times. Um, Becky Moran, I think you had her on here um, as well. She was the teacher for that. I think I took it twice with her. Um, but depending on who's in that room, it always evolves and the conversation is always very good with something like that. Um, because in our role, we do deal with parents and kids and, you know, other admin and um, other conference ADs. It's just, there's so many different facets and so many different stakeholders. Um, so dealing with challenging personalities, I found that to be probably one of the more interesting ones. Okay. 
Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Becky. I've got to know her through the state coordinators as well as uh, through NIAAA. So uh, next time you see her, you say, uh, you know, Jake said that uh, she's the perfect person for teaching challenging personalities. Becky's <laughs> great, yeah. Um, let's go and jump right into uh, COVID. Uh, we've certainly seen a wide variety of responses across the nation. Uh, some states, uh, it's business as usual. Others have shut down completely. Uh, and then um, yeah, others have even moved the sports around. Football moving to the spring, baseball to the fall. Uh, in Florida, you know, we delayed for a month. Um, and then we saw some school districts, you know, opening um, full speed and others that are just now, we're recording this uh, in uh, late April or late October, uh, some districts in uh, Florida are just now coming back to school and starting practices. So there hasn't been a norm. Uh, so right now I'm asking you, what's happening in Illinois as far as return to school as well as return to play? Yeah, so return to school is up to the local district. So everybody's kind of at different points. Um, my particular district right now is still in a remote setting. Um, we are in a particularly high COVID area. So um, it's it's just what we're finding what's best. And our kids are, are really kind of rocking it. They, they have really taken to it. Um, they're taking it very seriously. Um, our teachers and staff are just phenomenal in the things that they've been able to do and pull off in this setting. Um, and I mean, as far as sports go, um, we're, we're at the mercy of our, our governor's office. That's really kind of what's dictating our return to play, if you will. Um, so right now in the fall, we are finishing up. Uh, we have cross country still going um, and we basically repurposed or I, I should say rescheduled three of our fall sports, our traditional fall sports. So um, football, boys soccer, and girls volleyball has been moved to a spring season. Um, we have added a fourth season, which is unconventional for us here. So now we have fall, winter, spring, and summer. So we will be carrying out sports till end of June, um, or at least that's how it's projected right now. Um, and we actually were able to successfully run girls tennis, girls swimming, boys and girls cross country, and boys and girls golf. Um, and like I said, cross country is in um, our sectionals right now. So we are moving forward with that. And um, we are not certain what, what winter is going to look like at this point. Um, we are still waiting some guidance as things are kind of surging around here. Um, we're not sure what exactly that's going to entail, but um, I guess stay tuned for more information on that. <laughs> Well, again, again, it's so interesting to hear the different responses. Um, how have your uh, stakeholders, your students, your coaches, your parents, how have they responded to these changes uh, to the athletic life? Yeah, we, um, I mean, it, it is, it's just very different. Our, we are typically, um, we have 8,500 kids in our district. So just uh, to to put it in reference, we have um, four schools, but we uh, are a cohort basically for athletics. So one athletic program for our multiple schools. Um, with that, we traditionally don't have cuts. We, we like to offer the opportunity to as many kids as we can. So the fall sports as they ran this year were traditionally our non-cut sports. And we had to pare those numbers down and we had to have a traditional tryout and we had to get those numbers to where they was safe and manageable. Um, 
to do our COVID checks, to have transportation, to do all of these things that we take for granted um, really in a normal setting. So I, I think the biggest thing for us, the biggest challenge to, to overcome was not allowing that opportunity for all kids in a traditional sense by us. And that, that for me, that was something that was really hard to swallow. And I know even our coaches, um, you know, they came back with, can we have A days and B days? Can we have practice squad members? Can we have competitors? Like, is there a way that we can do this? Um, and, you know, we really kind of sat around the table virtually and tried to figure out exactly how this would, would work. And, and I think the restrictions have prevented us from giving, um, the opportunities that we would really like to our kids, which is unfortunate. Um, our stakeholders have been very supportive. I've had very little issues with um, parents and coaches and compliance. Um, we, I, I, I kind of took the guidelines and, and made them um, really stringent. Um, you know, we have pared down numbers, as I said, we have hand washing stations, we have temperature checks, we have COVID, um, questionnaires. We've restricted um, transportation greatly. We've restricted contact days, um, times in which they can compete. We've restructured our whole um, athletic training office so that it's it's kind of out in the open so that kids aren't, you know, in that closed and confined setting. Um, so there's a variety of things that we've done, but I, I actually just emailed my coaches earlier this week saying, I don't know if we would have done it any other way. We, we got through our season with zero issues, zero major shutdowns, and it was because of their efforts and staying to the plan that we were able to do that. It's so cool to hear that, uh, you know, the coaches were trying to figure out ways to uh, service more students. Uh, and I can imagine your frustration with that. Um, let's go and talk a little bit about Morton. Um, you know, you've been there for a while. Um, what are some things that you, uh, looking at your program from, you know, let's say afar, um, what are some things that uh, you think that, uh, boy, we really knock it out of the park on this? Or, or maybe what's a, a program that you initiated that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, so we, um, I would say looking back from where I started to where we've, we've gotten to today, um, one of the biggest things is basically our facilities. We have outstanding facilities um, due to the commitment of our board of education and our, our buildings and grounds. I mean, they really do uh, value what we do. I'm, I'm very fortunate to say that, you know, we are valued as an extracurricular. Um, it is an extension of the classroom and they view it as such. So I would say when, when people come onto our campus and, and walk around and see what's going on, um, the number one comment in a normal environment is, oh my God, the volume of kids that you guys have here, it, it's, it's just outstanding um, because we are always doing something and the, the volume of kids that um, we are servicing in a normal environment is just, it's outstanding the opportunities that we're able to provide. So um, I would say, through my time, maybe just the development of these facilities to really kind of almost mirror um, mini college campus, if you will. Um, it's it, that's something that I think sticks out. Um, and if you ask people from the area, that's probably something that they, they would say as well is just wow, the, the campus is is pretty impressive with the uh, amount of resources that we've been allocated. Um, so yeah, that that's what I would say. Well, just looking at your background there, uh, I, I'm very jealous if that's your home football field. That looks yeah. like a great place. Yeah. It is, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Nicole, uh, 
one of the questions we've been asking our ADs uh, while we've been doing this has to do with this idea of uh, you know social awareness and social justice. When we started these podcasts back in uh, late June, uh, you know the events of, in Minneapolis and uh, Atlanta, and even more recently Wisconsin. You know we're we're very much in the forefront. And and my question has been this: you know what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? Um, what are some things that we can do better in this area of social awareness? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually am sitting on, this is the first year I'm sitting on the um, IHSA, the Illinois uh, High School Athletic Association's um, Do What's Right Committee. And that's basically the sportsmanship and student leadership um, committee. So I am representing our region in that. And one of the things that we've been looking at is how do we promote better behaviors, more consistent behaviors? How do we model to our kids from our coaching, uh, our coaches and our adults that are involved in athletics? How do we model the behaviors that we want our kids to, to be acting like and what we want our kids to be seeing? Um, so we are actually in the process right now of developing um, basically some guidelines, something that's consistent, some statements that are consistent throughout our state so that it doesn't matter if you're in your home gym or you know, you're 10 miles away to 50 miles away at a tournament, you, you are getting that same consistent message of what it means to be an athlete in Illinois, what it means to be a competitor, um, what established um, relationships that you will have that you will foster through athletics and how you want, we, we want you to be perceived and how you should want yourself to be perceived as a representative of your school. Um, so that's one of the things that we are doing um, as a state to kind of move forward with um, having that conversation of what we want our athletes to get out of this experience, how we want them to be represented, and what they should look like as ambassadors for their, their schools and their districts. Oh, that is just so cool to hear that, uh, you know, your state association has taken the lead with that. Uh, very neat. Uh, let's lighten it up there a little bit. Um, Another question I've been asking ADs is, you know, hey, what's your favorite part of the job? And almost invariably, they answer the kids. And it should be that. But beyond the kids, you know, what are some of the things that get you excited about coming to work each day at uh, uh, Morton High School? Yeah, um, I was actually talking in a, a college class last week and that question came up and I said, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even call what I do a job because a job to me implies like, you know, that there's some restrictions or things that you don't love about it and you don't want to be a part of. And um, I can honestly say, I don't think I ever wake up and say, oh God, I, I, I have to go to my job. It's just, it's, oh, I'm going to, to work. I'm going to Morton. I'm going to school. I'm going, you know, it's, it's such a positive thing. Um, I love it. I love what I do. I didn't think I would get the opportunity to do what I'm doing as early as I am in my career. Um, everybody always asks, you know, what, what's next? I don't know what's next because I'm, I'm living my dream right now. This is what I want to be doing. I don't know if there's a next. Um, and certainly, you know, seeing the kids and seeing, you know, what they get out of athletics, watching them at their signing days, watching them graduate, seeing them on Twitter, you know, messaging them back saying, oh my God, I can't believe how awesome, you know, you pitched in that game or, you know, watching them at that next level and knowing that you had a part of that is huge. Um, but I wouldn't say it's a job. I would say it's an extension of what I've been doing since I was four. And that's just being involved in athletics. So. 
That is just so cool. I'm glad you used the expression living the dream. Uh, I'll say that uh, easily two or three times a day. You know, people say, hey, Jake, how's it going? And they know what I'm going to say. I'm living the dream. I, I get paid to do this. So uh, yeah, great, great stuff. Well, Nicole, this has just flown by, but we're not done yet. Okay. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the new ADs toolbox. Uh, you're certainly an experienced uh, athletic director, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Nicole's athletic director toolbox? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say, and if you asked my assistant AD, um, they he would say the same thing, um, a schedule, a good scheduling tool. Um, I am one that doesn't always rely on technology though. It's, it makes our lives easier. can also bring some challenges. So I have a scheduling binder with my own very, um, specific scheduling. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, they used to tease me in my office, like one day we're going to take it, we're going to hide it and, um, you know, watch what you do. And I said, my, my head will literally explode. And as I trained two years ago, I was fortunate to get an assistant AT for the first time. And as I was training him, um, in scheduling and just kind of facility management and stuff, he, you know, I, I showed him the binder and he joked and, you know, as, as he, um, he went on to a, another uh, path about a month ago from us. So as he was leaving, he said, you know, I, I said, well, what did you learn from the experience? He said uh, that I would never, ever dare to mess with your scheduling binder. So um, moral of the story is get a system that works for you with scheduling and stick to that system. Um, I think that would be tool number one, whether, whatever that is for you. Um, the other thing is, probably I would say, build your team, build the, that team of people that you can call on that can work anything for you that are willing to help you and take care of those people. Um, it could be your, you know, maintenance staff, your clerical staff, your assistants, your, you know, coordinators for your different sports, whatever that happens to be, take care of those people that take care of you um, because they are your team. Um, so that would be probably the second thing. And then um, finally, I would say in that toolbox, find a balance. Um, as much as you're going to be at work and people tease me all the time, where's the couch? Where's your bed? Like you sleep here. Um, find the balance and schedule time in for yourself and for your family. Um, even if that happens to be that your family is coming to eat dinner with you on the sideline of a football game, just make it a part of what you do um, so that that piece of you is, is, you know, remains whole. That would be my three things. All excellent, excellent ideas. Thanks so much for sharing. Nicole Ibsen, Morton High School. Thanks uh, for being a guest on the show. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Stay safe. Uh, you too. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of The Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, the Zoom video of this interview will be posted on the Educational Athletic Director FIAAA YouTube channel. Thanks for listening and for watching.